This is a big episode today.、Um, we have some big news that we can't wait to share. So, it's episode 13 of the Skin Collective podcast. Of course, I am Jazz and I have Jennifer with me. Hello and good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this announcement since July 2020. Because this all started on July 11th, to be precise, 2020. So it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. And even before then, which we're going to get into it later in the podcast,、uh, there had been some sort of plans, visions, inspirations that kind of led to this moment. So, yes. Stay tuned because we have a lot of fun things that we're going to discuss later today. And we're very excited to reveal some big changes and some big things in the world of JB Skin Savvy. So let's start with, of course, the beginning. We are a Canadian brand, we are based in Quebec. We We're based in Montreal, Canada, to be very specific. And recently, we've made a bit of a move. So, Jen, why don't you tell us what we've done? We've done a very big move. I call it a leap. Uh, of faith. It's a leap into the right direction. And so we are now located in Knowlton. Woo!、So、the country. And there's more to it. What did we actually do or perhaps acquire in Knowlton? A farm. So, to be very precise, we will be working, we've already started actually, but it is a flower farm. So, a floral micro flower farm. Very exciting. So, it's a big move. So, we've left the city, we've moved to the country. And when I say we, <laughs> I say, I mean like the company, I mean Jennifer, I mean the headquarters of、uh, the company. So, we no longer have、um, an office in like downtown Montreal. I still live in Montreal. I work from home. COVID has definitely, you know, made some changes in how people work from home and things like that. So it's working super well. Jen is out in the boonies. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely go visit from time to time quite regularly to work on various projects. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, a bit of the structure of how things have changed for us. Before Jennifer and I worked like in the same office, literally in the same Like our desks were stuck one to the other、yes. um, with no walls separating or anything like that. And we traveled together so much for different business things and events and whatever. So, this is quite a switch for us because we're not taking planes, we're not sharing an office, we're doing a lot of FaceTime, and then I come visit you on the farm. But、um, how has it been, the transition? How do you feel now that you're pretty much settled? I think, to be really honest, it's where I needed to be.、Mm. So I don't feel it's very interesting. It's sort of like the move was a very easy transition and not, not the physical aspect of everything. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that part, but、oh, we might, we might touch on it, <laughs> but just the actual. Uh, you know, I have my, or I already have my own rituals and they started almost on day one. So the first thing I do in the morning is I wake up and I walk pretty much the whole property to see how things are going. And so I feel like 
the aspect of my personal life is amazing. Mm. The work life, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's amazing. Like I work in the most beautiful setting. Um, Our offices are looking great. Uh, Mm -hmm. We can talk a bit more about that further in our conversation today because there's a a lot of exciting things. But yeah, no, a very easy transition from that aspect of it all. Yeah. In the sense of like your lifestyle, you feel very much at home and where you belong for sure. Exactly. Not to add discredit all the work and we're going to get into that later. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So let's start with, so now we've revealed it. Yes. You've acquired a farm. You actually are there um, and our offices are there and it's a microflower farm that we're also going to grow various things, which we can get into it later. Yes. But let's kind of explain to people like, where did this come from? Because, <laughs> you know, we're like a skincare company. We make skincare products, that kind of thing. You have a book, you do speaking engagements. So why the farm and where did the inspiration, you know, come from? And I remember being there, but I think you should really share the story from the beginning. So interestingly enough, uh, most people once, you know, we were, we've got great recognition for the brand. The company is becoming more and more recognized. And I feel like for most that would have been sufficient, right? Like the company is doing well. We're in Montreal, moving on, travel, write another book. We're good to go. But several years ago, I took part and I'm actually still doing this now is I uh, do a 24 hour class on how to make your vision kind of become a reality. And through that concept, I really wanted the people uh, partaking in the class at the, um, it's le EEB, so it's it's a l'école entrepreneurship de la Beauce. Yeah, it's an entrepreneurship school. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so I wanted them to use their five senses because I feel like if you can envision where you want to be and you use your sentence senses so you see what it looks like, what it smells like, what it would feel like, and et cetera, it's a lot easier to kind of materialize or create this vision for your life. And I had said that I saw myself within the next five years in a peony field uh, with my rubber boots on. So, you know, my chameaux on my, uh, my feet in the middle of a field and looking at the sunrise and, uh, smelling my peonies, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember when I said that it was a very unconscious yeah. thing. It, it was very bizarre, but you know, if we were to go back many moons ago when, you know, before Instagram, there was someone called Martha Stewart who yeah. actually still exists. Oh, <laughs> um, she's still very hot and happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Martha Stewart, when I was in my early 20s, was my, oh my goodness, like I was, I had a subscription to the magazine and I had all of her books and I was always obsessed with certain things that she would do. And again, this is all pre-Instagram. And in my early 20s, I was an avid gardener roses and so on and so forth and peonies. So my first home had peonies all over. I think that what happened is come 2003, we started our first business and you know, the business became a human. The business became a child or is still kind of a child and Mm. it needed, you know, to be fed and it needed to be taken care of. And so I think that that was great. And I think that unconsciously, this desire to go back to nature, to go back sort of to that aspect of living my life, mm-hmm. 
was very strong. And Mm -hmm. so when I did this class that I was giving the students an example of how to see your vision with all your senses, Mm -hmm. this is what, and it was funny because I remember you and I were both kind of like, oh, and you even asked me, is this for real? Or is this, are you just kind of saying this? And I was like, no, it's for real. But I thought within five years. So my plan was kind of like, by the time I turned 50, Mm-hmm. This is something we're going to do. Um, so, yeah, so it's very interesting how unconsciously you can have these desires, you know? It really is. I feel like those desires can be very deep. And when you have these moments where you have to do these exercises, all of a sudden they reveal themselves and you're like, oh, that was there all along, you know? But in our day to day, we're so like caught up in the moment and the next task and the next fire we need to put out <laughs> and whatever the next thing is, or, you know, like whatever work we're, we're doing right now. But it's true. Like when you do take time to kind of chill, <laughs> take a moment with yourself and visualize what you would like your life to be like without any restrictions, like kind of like your wildest dream, not like based on what's your reality today. Is this actually doable? Just what would it, what would you dream of? You know, lots of great things can reveal themselves. So yeah, so you did. So the class was an exercise for the students. They had to envision themselves. And I remember like you wanted them to, to say like what, what it smelled like, what they saw, what it ta- like what kind of touch they would associate with you know like that that sort of vision for themselves so for you i remember you were like it smells like fresh coffee i'm looking yes. out my window in the morning it's like a morning light you the sun rising over like my peony field and that kind of thing so yeah very much what's happening now yeah. in your life so yeah. it's so cool i think it's a great exercise for anyone even people listening to us to take a moment to do that exercises um, yeah, a revelator, like it really, yes. re- it can reveal a lot. And it was very interesting because then when, uh, last summer, it just became a very strong calling. And in early July, I started to go on Centris. And I know I'm not the only person who does this, but you know, you go see all the listings of all the houses and the oh properties. God. Yeah. Right. You know, we've done this. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Literally Centris my life. Like I was on Centris every day for like a year. So right? yes, girl, you I understand. Yes. Um, and so what happened is when I started seeing various properties, I've always been very, very, very drawn towards the Eastern townships. Mm. Just, it just is. I don't, I can't explain it. It's just something that happens. I've always been drawn by. And, um, interestingly enough, early July, I fell upon a few properties and I told dear husband, why don't we take a drive? Mm -hmm. And I do believe that when he agreed to take the drive, I think it was just one of those things. We would do a drive, chat about it, moving on, and keep going. Like a Sunday afternoon activity that doesn't yes. really mean much. But yeah, exactly. knowing you, knowing you, <laughs> he should have known. He should have known there was more to it. <laughs> and it was really on July 11th, and I'll never forget this day. And we started driving and we were looking at properties and I I was just drawn to trees that were over a hundred years old and drawn to homes that were over a hundred years old. And I looked at him and I mm. said, this is where I need to be. Mm, and yeah. I got very emotional and he was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? He's like, this isn't a normal Sunday drive no. <laughs> like I thought it would be. <laughs> and so it all started from there. Yeah. What a journey to get here. So yeah. So the inspiration started from the course and And then you started digging more into like before you even had 
acquired the farm, the land, you started looking into uh, some micro flower courses. And yes. I know there's one in particular that you really loved. I don't know if you want to share because since we're going to be all about flowers now, yes, maybe people yes. want to know what we're in, like the people that are inspiring us as well. Definitely. And so what happened was, I think that when you're drawn to a specific thing without realizing it, you you create a web, right? Mm-hmm. Of all these different links of, of people and what they're doing. And so what ended up happening is, un, I don't know how I fell upon the floor at Flower, um, and I did. And then they have a sign up to their classes once a year. It's once a year only. And my timing was on point because I was able to, you know, put my name in and was able to do the class uh, in the fall. So what happened was as we were searching for property, I thought to myself, well, I can't, like, if we're going to do this, we need to go in full blazing, you know, the whole the whole thing. Well, that's usually how you do things. I feel like when, you know, there's a new endeavor, a new project, you really dive in like (laughs) to the deepest of the deepest. I think you breathe it, eat it, sleep it. Like I know it completely, you really immerse yourself. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that that's what happened with the whole, you know, micro farming stuff because also you really kind of need to get the knowledge (laughs) to do it right or to get it going. It's not just like, oh, here's grass. Let me throw a seed on it and hope for the best. You know, there's a lot of technicalities and the way the sun is rising and the different season of planting things. So you can't just show up necessarily. And you could, I mean, you really could, but I, I, knowing you, you wanted to really understand through and through like what you're getting yourself to into. Yes. And also how to do it properly. And, you know, with, with a method so that it would be successful and you would learn the, the most out of it. So, right. Yeah. And, and it was really interesting because when I started doing her class, uh, she gives a lot of advice, you know, uh, with the Florida flower farm where you could get um, local places for sourcing various materials and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I find Manu's name in, in her class and Manu, you know her well, like we, you know, Manu is a very well-known peony flower farm here in Quebec. And we've had the opportunity and the honor of meeting her and working with her. And, you know, every year we, we get more peonies from her and and what have. So I thought, wow, what an interesting connection that, you know, this flower farm and her flower farm. What's interesting about florets is that their flower farm was done at first on less than, you know, two acres of land. So Mm -hmm. her class is really about doing something with very little means. So, you know, she had, she had borrowed a thousand dollars from her, from her mom to start her flower farm. So that was very exciting to me because Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, if we think about it, our main core business is JB Skin Savvy, right? It's creating skincare products and so on and so forth. So for me, I didn't have this uh, capability of saying, oh, let's invest, you know, $2 million on a farm and buy all this equipment. And, you know, so I needed to make sure that I could do something in a very frugal way, yeah, yeah. but also in a way that was going to benefit our skincare products and at the same time, respect the environment, right? So it's all about how do we work with the land? How can we be more sustainable? So it was a very exciting thing. And as I was doing the class, I was in talks with the, the FCC, right? Because the land that we ended up purchasing is an agricultural zoned 
land. So there's a lot of rules and regulations with that as well. So I was in the, the whole at the same time, right? So like conversation for financing, conversation with accountants and conversation with agriculture. And, and, uh, it was a big, a heavy lift, like a heavy yeah. lift to make this happen. Yeah. Um, it was a lot harder than I thought imaginable, <laughs> yeah. but the, the classes that the class that I was able to take really helped me understand more. So when questions were being asked, I was able to answer them. And I think that that's why the deep dive was so important. But I need to add this part. This is really important to this whole story is that I remember calling you Jazz because I had to then be like, wow, now I have to call Jazz and tell her, hey, did you know that I want to do this and we're moving really far and we're going to move headquarters? Because most of our team and everyone that we work with um, you know, from our accountants to our designers uh, to, you know, um, we have so many different working and moving parts to, yeah, the, to the business, for sure. but most of them work from home already because everything is pretty much outsourced, right? Yes, exactly. So internally, our team is quite small. Um, and I knew that we could probably hire people locally here for shipping and all that stuff. But I also knew that we would have a makeshift headquarters for the first few months as we work on our architectural plans for the new head office that's going to be a barn. Um, and then I had to tell you this, Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this poor girl, like she's going to be like, what? Not enough with COVID. Now you're, what is, what is, and, but your response to the change was phenomenal. You were from day one, you're like, I see it. I get it. And I thought that, and I think that that's what's great about our relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only on a business level, but on a personal level is you were able to grasp the personal, the personal growth. Yeah in the project, but also Mm -hmm. the beautiful submersion of our branding within the farm. And that is not everyone has that vision, right? So I think you were the easiest person I could talk to about it because, right? Because most people we didn't want to tell anyways, because we were, until it was done, we don't like to share yeah, what we're doing. exactly. Yeah, we're the type that we like to kind of reveal officially. And, you know, once we've worked out all the kinks and that kind of yeah. thing. And I think it's because we don't want to confuse our customers. And, right. you know, like, so I think we work out all the kinks. And then once things are like flowing and smooth, and we're like, okay, this is what's happening. But yeah, no, it was uh, like, it was definitely something that I kind of saw coming because, you know, with the florid and the different thing, I was like, okay, something's coming down the pipeline. And I mean, I think had we not had COVID and like me get so used to working from home and the whole dynamics of working from home and, you know, trying to keep a boundary work life separation, but also merged and whatever. I mean, I did have like basically a full year almost of that to, I think, make me um, not warm up, but like make me realize like, oh, this is actually really doable. Had we not had COVID, let's say, and like all of a sudden, like, you know, we go from like sharing an office all the time, traveling, all this stuff, like very like busy Montreal, like, you know, in the heat of the action to then like the next day, like I'm working from home and you're like two hours away or whatever. (laughs) That would have been probably a shock and it would have taken a lot more getting used to. But now it's like, we had been doing this COVID, um, you know, uh, working from home thing for like a year. So the transition is a lot better like than right. 
had it been like ripping a band-aid kind of thing. But no, of course, I see how great it is for the business and everything. And honestly, like even for me in a way uh, with my position, like literally everything I do is like 99% online. Right. <laughs> then there's like a, a component where like I have to be like physically there and create and whatever. But yeah, so no, I feel like it's kind of falling very much into place for everyone. So I think it's great. And when I get to come visit, it's great because I also get to leave the city and then I'm like in the country for a bit, which I already enjoyed doing that. Like, yeah. So now I just have another place to go. I love it. <laughs> That's in the country, you know? So no, it's been, it's been definitely like a big change for sure for, but it also makes a hundred percent sense, you know? Yeah. So Let's talk a little bit about how it really connects also to the brand. Yes. Because, you know, we do make skincare products. We are a skincare company. So I think that having a farm, I think physically, but also kind of like emotionally, it makes us have very much roots planted in all yes. those sense of the word, if that makes yes. sense. We've really like rooted ourselves now. I feel like before we were kind of like, you know, we were doing so much around the globe and around the province and around yeah. the country that, yeah, we had an office, but it didn't really feel like it was like ground roots planted in there to stay. I agree. And I, I agree. feel like now with the farm, we have that obviously because we're planting flowers, but also in the sense of like the business really has like a home, I feel now. And yes. A place that's like, these are where the roots are planted. This is where, you know, we're really setting the foundation. So I think that that also is great for the company. And even like, even though I'm not there every day, the sense of that still feels nice. I feel like we were there, you know, we were at that yeah. point where, yeah, okay, yeah, it's time to plant roots and like stay put in a way. So I love that. I also love the fact that, like, you know, we're connected to the earth and we're connected to where we come from, which is, you know, Quebec, Canada. Exactly. And we literally have a, a connection to the the land in that way so I love the whole like local aspect we always like I know Jen you always supported like so many local companies yes. but now there's like another layer to it which I love I, yeah I agree so yeah it's like putting roots down and of course what we're gonna grow is definitely gonna come in handy when it comes to our ingredients and sourcing yes. and yes. you're doing a lot of research in regards to where the ingredients come from, how can it be more sustainable? How can yes. you have better traceability? And that's kind of eventually the plan with, you yeah. know, the micro flowers. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk and share a little bit with like the ingredients, what you want to plant and how it relates to our products and the ingredients in our products. Yeah. It's really interesting because, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about what's natural and what's not natural. And and I know I've said this before, but we, we really need to understand that everything is a chemical. So we've got to be very cautious with how we talk about ingredients. And I think that there needs to be sort of a, a distinction about what, when you're, I, I think there's a lot of things being said that are not necessarily accurate. And so when we create a product, we try to choose ingredients that we feel are going to do wonders for the skin, regardless of what we're creating. So it's not about, you know, our ingredients are superior. It's about what we choose and what we feel 
comfortable with putting in a bottle. It also goes a lot about what we don't put in a product. And I think that that's something that is uh, very important to us. Now, interestingly enough, this year there is a shortage of sunflower seed oil. And it's really interesting to see what some ingredients are are going through and how there is sort of a shortage. Mm. And then it's all about the traceability. I know recently with the lab, we've been having talks because, you know, we're having a lot of difficulty acquiring peony root. Mm-hmm. So in our products, we work with the peony root to create oil. And so we transform the roots and we also work with peony seeds to transform those as well. And so my whole thought process was, and, and we're not the first company to do this. And I think that this is really important for people to understand. Um, we're not, ma- we're not, you know, it's not, rocket science. There's others doing this as well. But we feel that moving forward, it's not just about the seed to face, but it's also about the traceability. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the traceability is extremely important in regard to like, are the workers being treated correctly? Is there diversity? You know, is it carbon neutral? Are we abusing of water? There's Mm. so many elements, right, to the transformation of, of, of a raw product. And so for us, it was how can we do this in a sustainable way locally? When we did start working with Manu a few years ago, who has the peony farm, we had asked her the possibility and she like flat out told us there's no way, like you're going to need way too many roots. And her, her business is selling peony flowers. So what you mean, what you mean when you say like you had asked for the possibilities, you had asked for the possibility of perhaps sourcing your peonies. Yes extracts from her since she was exactly. local. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And then she was like, there's no way, you know, and yeah. then we tried to think of different ways of doing it. So for us, what we've decided to do is we're focusing primarily on sunflowers. Mm-hmm. So right now we've got, I don't know how many sunflowers are going to grow. We are having a few issues with a few deer. Part of it. <laughs> it's part of it. It's part of it. I'm learning so much. It's crazy. <laughs> but we do have, I don't know how many sunflowers are growing right now. It's actually going to be quite spectacular. And we put all the sunflowers near the pond. So I think that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. And now we are, we planted a first small amount, like 22 roots of peonies. Yeah. Um, come fall, we're going to be planting another 3000 and onward. The goal would be to have at least a minimum of two acres of peonies. Yeah. Um, now peonies, interestingly enough, uh, once they're planted and they're well taken care of and the roots are good, could live for 50 to a hundred years. Yeah. So for us, I'm not saying we're not going to sell peonies maybe eventually like locally in a stand. Why not? But the idea behind what we're doing is really to see how we can transform our roots. Mm. So separate them and transform them into our oil and, and use our peony seeds. And so this is Mm. very exciting. So we're primarily going to focus on peonies, of course, and, um, sunflowers too. And I'm not saying we're not growing other flowers because we are exploring different things, but it's very exciting. Yeah. And what's exciting about all that is also being able to maybe like batch test. So let's say you have an idea of a product Yes. You know, and then you can kind of maybe mix a few things yourself just to test it, not to mass produce it, but like to test different things and play around and get inspired and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's very, very exciting. And it's very exciting that it's all going to be under one roof also yes. to be able to do all that and not have different moving parts everywhere. It kind of 
you know, makes us be able to kind of focus and ground and that kind of thing. So no, the various ingredients that we're going to be able to test with and the different flowers that we'll get inspired from is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we do have something exciting coming down. I won't say more than that, but all about what we've just said. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned sometime in August or September. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, which, which one, which surprises? Right. Right. Because there's a few surprises coming, but yeah, yeah, there are, there are very, very exciting. So now let's tell people about how you decided to plant and prep the land for the, the, the seeds that we're planting. So there's something called a no dig method, yeah. which I think it's interesting to touch on just to kind of show how much research has gone behind yes. planting. So what is the no dig method? Yeah. So we, uh, in the fall, when I started doing all my meetings with various agricultural bodies of the provincial and the federal government, you know, I, I really had to deep dive to make sure that I was understanding what we have to do. And at the same time, we don't want to do anything to damage the environment or the soil that we've acquired. Mm. So it's, it's very important. And, and I signed these documents saying I wouldn't do this. So it's, I'm very much about the rules. So it's very important. And so when we fell upon Charles Dowing and he has, he's like very famous in the UK and I'm not the only one who's known about him, but I I fell in love with his his process. And what he says is that the biggest issue are the weeds. Okay, you know what I mean. Like so, so for us, like we have over 16 acres of of land. So yeah. if you can imagine, that's a lot of land. And you know, we are new to this, so we thought how we didn't want to till per se. Right. So tilling is when, you know, you go in and you move the earth and you, you like you dig it out and turn it, let's say. Yeah. Right. So, but we do have three tractors. So like we could have done something, but this no dig method is phenomenal. So we knew we were going to have a lot of boxes from the move. Right. Yeah. So this was a lot of work because every single box we had, we had to take everything off that was not biodegradable. So the tape, et cetera, et cetera. Then these boxes were actually used as a form of compost directly on top of the land. So on top of the weeds or whatever was growing. And over time, this cardboard will biodegrade and become sort of like a mulchy compost within the soil. So once we had the cardboard down, we had this big, I want to say dump truck. I don't know the size. I'm not good with that, but it was big. And I'll probably be posting pictures about this in the near future, now that we've divulged, I was, mm-hmm. when I was running after the dump truck, taking videos, I think the guy driving it thought I was completely insane. He's like, seriously, lady, this is earth. Like, what's Why do you want a picture of this dirt? Like, come on. Um, <laughs> so, and I physically, just so all our listeners know this, I physically put down the cardboard. I don't know why I did it during the hottest weekend of the spring, but I did because I needed, I had a special timeline. I had to get these sunflowers in the soil, right? So we moved exactly. It, so we moved officially only on April 29th. So I didn't have a big window after the last frost. Um, and we weren't able to start seedlings in indoors because of the move. And so once the earth was arrived, I was able to then put that on top of the cardboard foundation. Got it. And then 
between the rows, I added a homemade mulch that we created. So from all the trees that were fallen on the property, and we have more to take care of because it's a big piece of land with lots of trees, we are now creating our own kind of mulch with the bark. So we're really trying to give back to the land everything it gave us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very, it's a lot of work. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about, and I, I, I really want to emphasize the amount of work it takes because, um, we underestimated the work, but we're, we're not disappointed. We love it, yeah, but yeah. we, but so it's like a seven day a week thing. Like it's not, you know, it's from, uh, like dusk to dawn, seven days a week, because yes. if you walk over to your flower beds and things are looking a little dry or a little whatever, like yes. you can't just be like, Oh, I'll take care of this. Like in three days, it's no, like, it's now. Nah. Yeah. So you're very much at the mercy of what the land and what the flowers and what everything is kind of doing. The environment, yeah. Yeah, the environment, exactly. You're kind of like at the mercy of nature. So, yeah, yeah I definitely like know. And I think <laughs> I had a pretty good idea before that it was going to be a lot of work. I think maybe like my father and my grandfather like had a farm and grew up on a farm. So maybe that's why, I don't know, I had a bit of a glimpse as to how much work it was going to be. I don't know. Right. But I think that's what <laughs> kind of makes it... In a way, great. And I think, honestly, had you really maybe fully known how much work, maybe you wouldn't have done it because maybe you would have been like, oh my goodness, I can't take this on. Like, it's too much. So I think the inspiration of it yeah. makes it so you don't really think about the work. It kind of like the inspiration takes over, Yeah, which I think that's what like, you know, being an entrepreneur is a lot about. You don't necessarily yeah. think about all the work. You just think about- <laughs> No, we're just crazy. You just think like, yeah. oh, I want to do this. I'm inspired. Like, let's go. I, You know, I have the the- the oomph about it. Like I want to, you know, go for it. So, and then after you're like, oh man, this is so much work. But had you known how much work it was going to be like, you know, who knows if you would have taken the leap as much as you did. So yeah, I think it's actually like maybe subconsciously like a part, the it's best. a part of the yeah. process. And I think subconsciously you probably like shy away from thinking about how much work it is. Yeah. And you're just like, no, it's going to be great. We're going to do this. And yeah, you know, and knowing you and having worked together for so long, like I do know that's sometimes I think how your brain operates. You're just so into the project and excited yeah. that you're like, what's work. We'll just deal with that, you know, when it comes, but it's great. It's so funny. It's so funny because yeah, when I told the accountant team that uh, the accounting team that I wanted to do this um, in the fall, you know, I started talking to them about it in August, like seriously, and then move on into September. And our year end is September thirty first. And I remember the accountant saying, like, "Let us work numbers. Let's see if this makes sense. Like, is this a good move for JB Skin Savvy? Because at the end of the day, that's yeah. our main core business. So we didn't want to do anything to compromise the business. Of course. Yeah. And and he goes, the day I give you a green light, then we can really look at this further. And so I kept working on the business plan, as you know, Jazz, and I did all my things. And the day he called to say, yeah, you can have the green light, that same day I made an offer. And I remember his say him saying to me, you are a real entrepreneur because yeah. seriously, you didn't even take a minute. Like you did an offer the same day. Like you're insane, you oh, know? Exactly. I think he... I think he thought it was great, but at the same time, he thinks I'm insane. But <laughs> I know for myself, another thing about the piece of property that we've acquired or the farm that we acquired, what I thought was important to me was 
we feel very connected to the previous owner, you mm. know, so the previous owner was here for 45 years. We got to meet the family. Mm. We know a little bit about the history. We know the architect that created parts of this home. Mm-hmm. And so we feel very committed to, um, ensuring the proper maintenance yeah. and the love of the land. Yeah. And I think, and I honestly believe that the previous owner is very proud of that as well. So mm. there, it's a lot, it's, it's a beautiful kind of hard work, but pride is in there as well, you know? Mm. And when I go to the property now and I see that the sunflowers are growing, I'm like, so I'm, I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Like, because, you know, you don't know it. We, yeah. we actually had to dig a trench. I don't know how many feet, but very lots, like over a hundred feet and such to uh, bring water to the area. So I need to water this, this space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm out there every morning checking out and like cleaning up and making sure. And it's just, it's a very beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, that when you have an idea and it starts as a seed, and then you see that idea fruit, like come to fruition and yeah. you see it grow. And I actually see a visual of the blooms. It's fantastic. So oh. It makes everything worthwhile. Oh, of course. Like you're literally reaping the rewards of what you've planted. It's, you know, very tangible at this point. So great. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, I'm sure there's going to be even more that's going to develop with this project. Like it's clearly at the very beginning, but I can only imagine all the great things that we're going to do. It's definitely very inspiring to you know, see the, the new possibilities and the new things that we can host or, yes. you know, all the fun things that we'll be able to I'm do. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We can't share everything now because a lot of things we're still... No, exactly. You'll all... I'm sure most of our listeners know this by now. We really like to work in silence, right? We feel like that's how we do our stuff. We, yeah. we don't feel the need to overshare and that's okay, but we are working on some exciting things that mm-hmm. all of our listeners will learn about in the next few months, mm-hmm. over the next year. Um, and there'll be some invites and we mm-hmm. will be sharing when the time is right. So we're very excited about all these different projects. And the actual, like we're pre-recording this obviously, but the actual yes. like reveal date is the first day of summer, which we thought was very symbolic. Oh my goodness, so yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's kind of, you know, summer re- reasons for everything that, you know, and a connection to everything that we do. So I think that's why sometimes it takes like little bit longer for us because we really tried to make it mean something you know or make sure that people know how much it does mean to us yes all these little details we very much take time to curate so yeah I think it's part of the beautiful process so in a nutshell the JB Skin Savvy Farm will definitely be a way for our clients to immerse themselves in the brand further um, and understand more all of the components that make JB Skin Savvy, you know, beyond just the cream that they might get from their online order. <laughs> We're yeah, kind of exactly. going beyond that. So yeah. I think that that's exciting for people to be able to connect to the brand in a different way. And yeah, we're very exciting for all the things that are going to flourish. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Out of this project. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned. There's going to be more to come. We're definitely going to deep dive on different things. We're going to share with our amazing, you know, clients, 
photo shoots, uh, pictures and progress of the land. Our of worm the- farm. Yeah. Our, sorry, oh. our worm. Yeah, we're going to get a worm farm for composting so we can share our worm life with you guys. So there's so much to come. <laughs> I never very- thought I'd buy a worm farm. Seriously. I never thought I'd see the day either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's super exciting. Yay. So I'm super stoked that we were able to do a podcast about this because, yes. you know, you can only put so much in the newsletter. You can only do so much with an Instagram post. Yes. And uh, I think people are going to be intrigued as to, you know, all the things that the farm uh, has in store. I'm, this is like all of our podcasts are amazing, but I think that this, (laughs) this podcast, the 13th was very important to the both of us. And I feel like I feel very excited of what's to come regardless of all the hard work in the past few months I won't get into that but this this makes everything worthwhile so we're very thankful to all our listeners and all of our clients and we hope you guys enjoy this crazy adventure as much as we do sounds good so we'll talk to everyone on the next episode of the Skin Collective Podcast